0: Welcome to the Sharon Fitzmaurice podcast and episode 58 today. And my beautiful guest is Fiona Foreman, an author, speaker, facilitator, and trainer in the area of well being and positive psychology in education and parenting, the mother of two young adults. And this has really deepened your awareness, Fiona, to equip young people with the skills to help them flourish. I love that, Fiona. You're very welcome.
1: Thanks so much Sharon. I'm absolutely delighted to be with you today and I'm really looking forward to our chat. <laughs> so
0: thank so Fiona. And for anyone that was on my last retreat, you would have had the pleasure of Fiona's company, where myself and Fiona had connected. I don't know how many years ago, maybe Fiona uh, through Twitter and through Instagram. So, again, people talk about the negatives of social media. And for me, it has been hugely positive in connecting with wonderful people like you and then getting to meet you in person at my lovely retreat in Bog Hill. And it gives you, you know, we get to know people and I'm sure you will kind of talk about this as well we because of lockdown we've had to use social media quite a lot and we've had to use zoom and technology and we're talking about this more and more now and people are saying "Oh, we're going back to be in person but i think it's a little bit half and half i think that we can still see the positives of technology but also the in-person thing as well we never want to lose that and it again it's about the well-being it's something that you're promoting hugely in children and now younger and younger children are becoming when they're getting used to screen time. So as a teacher that is now promoting their own well-being programs, how has that changed? If you're looking back to when you first started teaching to the way it is now for young people.
1: Oh, it's so different, Sharon. Like, wow, that's that's such a big question. There's so much in there. And I agree with you completely about it. Uh, you know the advantages of technology and social media, and we've really seen that happen. We during the lockdown, I connected with you, as I said on social media. Just felt, felt that sense of connection with you, and even even through even through the screen, I still feel it. And um, and then it was lovely to be able to uh, to meet you at the retreat, so that was absolutely gorgeous. So it's you know there's room for both, as we said, but um, it is about the balance, isn't it? Yeah. And over my years teaching, like I was teaching more than thirty years when I stopped teaching uh, two years ago to go full time into this work. Before the pandemic hit, there was such a need for well being. There were children's levels of anxiety were rising and so on, and um, I had left teaching to go full time into my well being work uh, for those reasons. And then with the pandemic, sure, of course, well being has really been on everybody's agenda but over those 30 years oh my god technology and screen time it, childhood is very different I think now for children is the best way to put it isn't it yeah. even when my own children were growing up there my daughter's 25 now my son's 22 they didn't I was only talking yesterday actually talking about this and saying that my children didn't get phones till they were teenagers mm-hmm. and at the time um we were like why do they get phones why do they need phones they're 13 and 14 and it was just that age we're starting to get phones and like we were like is this the right thing to do so this must have been about 10 years ago yeah or so or even more and um you know they did eventually get their phones but I remember thinking at that time that's still very very young Mm. and um and now the average age of a child getting a phone in Ireland is eight over that period of time they used to get it for their communion so something has happened there you know, and I, 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 I do feel sorry for parents now of younger children because they're fighting that battle all the time. I didn't have it when mm-hmm. my children were young because technology hadn't taken such a big hold, you know. But I definitely saw it in my latter year's teaching as well, mm-hmm. that some children just have a little disposition, you know. not We can't say it's the one size fits all. But some children, technology, they can just get very addicted to it very quickly. It can start to impact on their sleep. I would have seen that. For boys, particularly, some of the boys would get very, very... um. Addicted to their games, you know, they're there. And my own son now is, is a big gamer and he loves, but we would always be having those conversations about the balance. Mm-hmm. And he was that bit older and a little bit uh, better able. But, you know, for, for younger boys, particularly i'm saying boys because i would see that addiction more with the boys than the girls to be honest to the games girls maybe more on social media Mm -hmm. i think for parents you just have to keep a very very close eye because you know you know your nervous system sharon we talk a lot about the nervous system and how we were trying to get to that state of calmness and balance and technology can kind of really knock that off for us can't it and Uh, children in fight or flight mode. I would see that a lot uh, with the children coming into school if they hadn't had enough sleep, if they were on their screens, if they were gaming that morning. Sure, they they were like they were as tense as anything. They were re- very reactive, you know. Um, you know, maybe get into conflict easier. So we don't always see, you know, we're not always aware, uh, you know. That and again, the long-term effects we're not hundred percent sure of now. But I just say to parents, well, it's not easy, and just have those conversations. Watch carefully if it is having a negative impact on your child. Have those conversations and involve them in because you can't have my way is the highway because or my way or the highway because that's not going to work. Mm. So it's to have the conversations and uh, like just talk about how it's affecting them, how do they feel it's affecting them, uh, can they can, do they understand that it's addictive? It's very important to tell them that. Mm. Uh, for adults as well so it's just such a huge it does it has got had a huge impact I think you know would you see that yourself Sharon
0: too yeah and you know something I was thinking about as you spoke Fiona because again like you I was lucky enough I suppose technology wasn't huge well it it wasn't with me because I hadn't a clue and I had to learn as I went along so I suppose it wasn't big in our house I was 28 or 29 when I got one of those Nokia phones the builders phones I think they called them (laughs) yes and it was you know I don't even know if you could text on it you could definitely call and receive calls but that was about it and Mm. it was a long time before um, my husband gave me his hand me down smartphone he said I think you need one of these phones and I was afraid of it because there was so Um, much to do on it So if it was as, as an adult for me, and I know I didn't grow up using it, you know, as kids do now, but I just thought it was um, there was too much on it. And I know now look at my office is half in my phone. I'm always saying that, you know, we have emails and we're all on social media and there's so much we can do in our phones. They're great in that mm-hmm. sense, because you can travel and work with your office in your hand, basically. But one of the things that really um, stood to me was um, years ago when Obviously, you said it there, social media wasn't big and the phones weren't big. So when my kids were growing up, which are now 22 and nearly 21. And I remember my eldest said, you know, everyone at school is getting a phone. And you remember your your parents used to say, I don't know if they said that to you or to you, Fiona. Well, if they jumped off a bridge, <laughs> would you jump off too? You know that old Irish I have saying. the same one.
1: If they put their hand in the fire, would you put your hand in the fire too? Yes.
0: So that was my kind of answer yeah. to them for a long time. And then mm-hmm. it became more and more dominant that more kids were getting phones, yeah. especially, as you said, going into maybe first year. Mm-hmm. So there was a part, and this is something, it's a controversial part if we talk about parents and their duty to their children. Mm-hmm. But for me, I felt... Um, for me, it was a little bit of a selfish thing getting the phone for my son because I wanted to make sure that he could contact me, yes. but that I could contact him. Of course, yeah, yes, yeah. So for me, it was kind of like it's more for me than it is mm. for him. Mm-hmm. And people say, "Well, what did we do years ago? We didn't have phones, and we were out in the fields." Yes, but, but the world is very different now. Yes. It's very different, and the kids have a lot of things I think to deal with now. That's another conversation. So for me, as a parent, it was a little bit of a selfish thing, keeping in contact. Mm -hmm. He was going into town. We'd lived in the country and to make sure that I knew if he didn't get home on the bus that I could contact him and that he was safe. And especially as they were going out to discos for the first time and all of of that. So for me, it was it was me. I felt he was ready to have it because I needed to be able to contact him. Yeah. But now I'm looking, as you said, and the kids are getting younger and younger and younger. And now I'm often seen on social media is babies with phones and the parents put it in front of them to play a video or, to, you know, it's the same as the television screen. It's no different, really. But is it? And this is where it's a little bit controversial. Mm -hmm. Is it up to the parents, Mm -hmm. you know, and I know it's hard and I know that every child has a phone, Mm -hmm. but are we just plodding along? doing what everyone else is doing.
1: I think we are. And I think we're sleepwalking. That's the way I look at it. We're sleepwalking and we're only starting to see now and I remember one of the last classes I had, it was a fourth class and they were starting to get phones that year. And I remember one mom coming up to me and she really didn't want her, Like they were very innocent in fourth class. And, you know, did they really need it? Their childhood changes when all of a sudden, because of course the instant gratification of the phone and everything's so exciting that often what happens is the normal things of childhood aren't as attractive anymore. And they don't want to just do the normal uh, boring things or the the creative stuff or, or, the, or making up games or whatever it is because the phone is just going to take over there and also of course social media being a huge problem but for younger children but uh, she said to me she said i feel it's like the smoking of previous generations that in previous generations cigarettes were out and we didn't know the damage and children were smoking and they got addicted from an early age and then only later did we look back now of course it's not the exact same because of course smoking is so is completely bad for you whereas technology uh, has got its good sides And I thought it was really true, you know, that we're we're letting like this really powerful technology into our children's hands, without fully knowing and we do, uh, we are starting to see that research now like, for example, there's direct links between the more time a child of around, I think, you know, preteen spends on social media. Uh, direct links to anxiety and depression. This, you just this direct. The more time they spend, we don't know whether that's because a certain type of a child who maybe be prone to anxiety is drawn to it, or its causation. Whatever it is, it, the links are there, and I think we have to be so careful. I was talking to a friend recently. We were saying, "Thank God we did not grow up in the era of social media." One of my friends said to me, "I don't think I would have survived. Mm. I wouldn't have survived the scrutiny. What, what, what we were like as teenagers." <laughs> Yeah. it was it was great we were just ourselves we were being easy we were doing whatever you know and now
0: we, we only had to like compare that. ourselves to our friends exactly. and who we went to school with but now exactly. they're comparing themselves to celebrities and influencers exactly. and
1: perfection the idea yeah. of perfection and once it takes a hold it's very hard to erode but parents do i think parents do have responsibility i'm glad you said that We
0: yeah.
1: do have responsibility and again yeah. If you do give your they will get a phone at some point, there's no doubt, but to have the conversations and not, and not just let them to, to to have free reign on it and to always have the conversations and making sure they're getting that balance. Yeah. You know if you see them all of a sudden not wanting to do their little activities or go out with their friends because they want to go on their phone, that's when you have to yeah. uh, start having those questions, but it is balance. And I had those arguments with my own son yeah. right up through his teens. Mm-hmm. um and he is doing engineering now so he's very into the graphics and into the computers and he always used to say to me, mom and he's right it's, it's how they it's how we use it as well you know it's not just about it's about creation rather than consumption which i thought is nice are using a lot
0: need to yes. learn that yes you know and we we talk about this constantly you know mm-hmm. as part of any well-being program it's like yes you know picking up your phone checking is there a message mindless mindless scrolling yeah. and, and causing anxiety a lot yes. of the time looking yeah. and then of yes. course it is for you know now i must say my two don't use social media very mm. often they i don't
1: either great yeah yeah I, I i'm on it more than they are yeah <laughs> <It connects> me. <laughs> but i use it for for the business and i use it and i think there is a lovely as you know Sharon, well-being community um and so, i mean that's where i met you yeah. so i uh, you know I, I try to use it for those reasons to connect with like-minded people and i do get a lot of um you know connections from it yeah. so but again, for children just using it to put, post pictures of themselves or look in a certain way, you do have to ask yourself,
0: what is that all about? You know? Yeah. yeah. But, but uh, again, it's the approval, you know, as you said feelings yeah. instant gratification. And then yes. if I don't get the approval, I feel bad yeah. about myself. Yeah. You know. So in that way, I'm learning a lot from my children. Now I know mm-hmm. they're they're kind of between our generation and yes. you know, there's another generation kind yes. of after them that are more into it and you know all of those things as I said I'm not an expert in technology Mm -hmm. and how it's affecting people I'm Mm -hmm. looking at my own I'm looking at my Mm -hmm. clients I'm looking at parents having to deal Mm -hmm. with their children who are younger and won't go to bed because they're gaming and then the teacher calls them to say They're falling asleep in class. They have no focus. They're not doing their homework. They don't want to do PE. Yes. They're they've kind of not hanging around with their friends Um, as much anymore. um, Actually, it's it's huge. It's just rippling out everywhere into their whole life.
1: And I was talking to somebody recently who was saying at societal level or even a government level we we'll, we'll probably have to intervene at some point, like, like we did with, with, with alcohol and cigarettes. And yeah. um, it's, it's a big responsibility for parents when it is out there. And um, it's, uh, you know, it's hard to kind of <laughs> hold that line by yourself, especially with mm-hmm. the peer pressure. Um, parents do have to do it, but I do think they need more support. They need more guidance. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it'd be great if something came in where children under the age of 12, I feel, shouldn't be getting phones. And if there was a, a rule, a law or whatever about that, why can't there be? I don't really know. I think if we want to protect our kids, we do that. And then they won't be asking because nobody else, I you know, that sounds idealistic. Yeah. But if we really are, uh, you know, concerned about and committed to children's well-being, we should be doing some, something like that, I think, you
0: know. Absolutely. And I've better. heard in a lot of secondary schools and I know in um, my youngest, who is now 21, their school didn't allow phones into really. the classrooms. They had to lock them in the locker brilliant. and um, they could go at lunchtime and check their phones. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And we were laughing because all their friends' phones were also in lockers. <laughs> so there was nothing to check, only you know, if they wanted to call their parents, which they never yes. wanted to call their parents. <laughs> no. So it was a brilliant idea. And another friend of mine is an SNA and she said they have eliminated sco- phones altogether. Wow. And if you were caught with a phone, it would be taken off you and not given back to you till the end of term
1: wow that's, that's really how good. serious
0: they are about yeah, it yeah that's brilliant yeah and it's um, happening all of their students yeah, are yeah. they're they're like some of them gave out about it but the actual yeah. kids voted themselves wow. and the kids voted not to have phones that's in amazing. school
1: because there's not lovely self-awareness yes. yeah Because you know well-being is all about self-awareness and that yes. the children are making that connection yeah between that it's detrimental to, and it's to, kind to of the giving well-being. them the
0: responsibility yes. and saying you know yes. you know that because again there's comparison even in yeah. the type of phone you have don't yes, mind what's smart. on it yeah. and i have this and i have this gigabyte yeah. and i have whatever it is yeah. So if they're not sitting down beside each other, looking and yeah. comparing, yeah. then it doesn't make any difference. And they go mm-hmm. back to interacting yes. the same way that they've exactly. always done for generations, opening their mouths. Exactly. And, listening.
1: and you know what? I've heard people say as well, that children are losing some of their social skills because it's much easier to interact uh, through a phone. It's much easier to send a text. Like real-life relationships um, are can be very difficult and can take a lot of work. Mm. And children, you know, might just give up on that because they can get the quick fix. They can have all their friends and, you know, f- Facebook, and then they, they don't realise, you know what, that's not a real relationship. A real relationship has ups and downs and, mm. and work and so on. Well, I, I heard of a secondary school recently as well, um, who took, you know, who had brought in that rule about ed- no phones. Mm-hmm. And they said that for the first while, the children were literally at break time sitting, looking at each other. They really didn't. They had actually lost the ability. They were agitated and they were nervous and they weren't able to interact. Mm-hmm. They'd already lost uh, some of the skills. But over time, they then went back to what we would hope that they were chatting and talking and interacting. Wasn't that amazing that they Uh, they actually saw that? One of my lessons, actually, in in my Wired for Wellbeing, my second level programme, is called TAME Technology. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's in in the first year programme. And it's just teaching children, again, because we just need to... Knowledge is power. We need to tell them... you know this is what technology does it can be really good and it, it asks them to look at the, the benefits and the downsides yeah. and it also tells them about the the dopamine you know the fact that mm. the dopamine's being released and that's addictive yeah. and that they have to tame it's like that idea technology is a great servant but a, a terrible master yes so just to make sure you know that they're aware of that and they start to be empowered you know it can't be a them and us yeah. with yeah. parents that balance that you know that struggle, they have to be empowered to kind of realize, yes, and taking responsibility but this is not I love that in the school that they uh the, the children themselves hold for. that's fantastic you know so
0: and again because I know it's you know it's my way or the highway yeah and I know we don't have that now as parents you know well mm. most of us don't I know there's we know some it doesn't work to do it <laughs> and you know but I think it's giving children you know just as you said it there the awareness or the understanding of mm. you know we don't know the whole effects of you know exactly. being on your phone all the time but I loved even that, you know, when I saw it the first time ever it was wired for well-being, because yeah. some people will say, you know, the teenagers are wired. You know, so I just thought it was a really apt title. So tell me a little bit more about that programme now for a second level. That's my
1: latest programme. It's just launching next month, 10th of March. Been a long time coming. I think I started that about three or four years ago. I'm terrible. I'm I'm always doing a load of different things at the same time. So when I managed to get one finished, then I parked it and went back to my junior programme. Yeah. and got that out, and then I went back to Wired for Wellbeing. But Wired for Wellbeing is, is based on neuroscience and positive psychology. Mm-hmm. So uh, the neuroscience of wired, you know, the, 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 the way we're wired, the way our brains are wired, and the idea of neuroplasticity and our, our behaviours and our thoughts um, can actually shape our brain. I find it so exciting yeah. to be aware of that. I remember when I heard about it myself, I was like, wow, it's very empowering, isn't it, to know that your thoughts, your actions, your behaviours are actually shaping your brain. So will talk a little
0: bit more about that? Because I know some people have asked me about this before. So you're here. It's a perfect opportunity. <laughs> so talk about neuroplasticity and explain it as you would to children that are in second level education.
1: Yes. Yeah, so neuroplasticity is the idea. It used to be thought that our brains were very uh, fixed um, from birth and that nothing you could do. You know, your personality was, was fixed. And, you know, if you were prone to certain things, maybe even like depression, that then that would be, you know, your genes were your destiny. But we know now that that's not true uh, and that our behaviour and our environment and so many things shape the development of our brain Mm -hmm. and that's neuroplasticity and of course the, the, the first period is during childhood a really strong period and you know it's like use it or lose it so the more you practice and you practice skills and you you do things that part of your brain becomes stronger uh, and that becomes automatic like riding a bike for example you know that's neuroplasticity in action and then you don't have to or learning to read or any of those things and then um, and then it kind of slows down a little but there's another period of it in adolescence you know and it goes on all through life actually yeah. uh, it used to be thought that it stopped after childhood but it goes on all through life. So it's just that we have the power to actually, and it's happening anyway. That's what I would say to the students. And um, your brain is changing and wiring. And, you know, let's use that in a positive way, because otherwise the influences of the world around us uh, might be, you know, causing our brains to become, you know, to to to, 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 to become wired, uh, you know, in, in, in negative ways. Mm. So let's use that in a positive way and make sure we're, uh, you know, doing the activities that release we talk about the neurotransmitters yeah. you know the neurons that fire together yeah, yeah. wire together yeah. so the idea that if we can do particular activities like even um po- you know positive thoughts and mindfulness and things like that mm. i would actually when, when when i introduce them in the program i show the children and um, what the neurotransmitters that really are released are mm. in terms of dopamine or oxytocin or serotonin what effect that has in the brain and how over time you can actually become wired for well-being so it's a really really fascinating uh, process and so empowering
0: you know. You're just amazing Fiona And and you know there's so many things I want to ask you because I love all of this as you know but you were the teacher for 30 years and during those 30 years you obviously saw so many things changing as it did from generation to generation and then you were leaving that role as a teacher had you this plan in mind for these programs or was it something that kind of developed afterwards
1: no and it's funny people talk about goal setting and having your plans i'm i, I i'm not that person yeah, me either I'm, I'm rolling with this and wondering what's going to happen and then something an opportunity happens i'm kind of i, I first just be open to, to things and go with the flow as as yourself yeah. but uh, no i i never really planned to like the programs i did the masters i was very interested in positive positive, um, in well-being yeah. and then like I remember when I heard about positive psychology, science of well-being, about 10 years ago, I did a little course on it and I was hooked. I thought, wow, everybody should know this. There is a science of well-being, neuroplasticity, how our behaviours and how we can shape so much of our well-being. We can not shape all of it. There is a genetic component, an environmental component, but there's loads that we can do. Our well-being habits. So I just thought, wow, you know, and actually I found that at a difficult time in my own life too, Mm -hmm. as we often do. Mm -hmm. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, the study of resilience, Mm -hmm. what do people with resilience do? What do people with high levels of well-being do? That's Mm -hmm. what positive psychology is about. Mm -hmm. Rather than repairing deficits, it's about building strengths. So I started to just uh, bring it into my classroom. I had second class that year. And I just started to gradually, what I was learning, bring into the kids, like, character strengths, there's 24 character strengths, positive psychology, just a gorgeous vocabulary to use, positive emotions, resilience. And they just lapped it up, Sharon. They absolutely lapped it up. are like, we underestimate children. Mm. And then I started to write little lessons. Uh, to formalize it a bit more and then other teachers it really did grow very organically mm. other teachers would ask me what's that what are those and I'd say oh here wasn't even a proper lesson plan I'd say here you go do that and uh, I remember an inspector was in one day from the department and he actually said it's really nice when you meet people along the way who affirm you and he said why don't you think about writing that as a program you know I still get a shudder mm. getting that published and I was like hmm, why don't I <laughs> yeah and I met a co-author I have a co-author on weaving well-being and uh, we started to work together and um, then uh, yeah it, it all just grew for that I still didn't plan on on, on leaving teaching yeah. uh, but it got to the stage where the programs were becoming very successful and um I was getting a lot of um opportunities to to give talks and so on and I just couldn't do both so it was a hard decision you know really hard decision to leave uh but it was the right one to do you know yeah
0: I don't know what that noise is coming in there, Fiona. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon, I think that's next door. Will I pop on headset? If yeah, if that's handy. Yeah. And I know our listeners, they probably they've heard my dogs barking <laughs> and the wind is howling outside the window. But um, yeah, maybe if you want to pop on your headsets. Do you Fiona, want to pause
1: so, for a second there? Yeah, I will, of
0: course. Yeah. So we had a little technical hitch there with um, drilling going on on the outside, as happens. But sure, anyway, there we are. As I said, Fiona, that is life. And one of the parts about well-being for me is knowing that there are always going to be distractions and we try and sort it out. And then we try and come back to ourselves. So we're back to our conversation, Fiona. Thanks, Sharon. I Sorry love, about that. Don't worry, not at all. As I said, you know what? This is a very raw and real podcast. It's mm-hmm. not all poofiness <laughs> and we're all perfect because that doesn't exist in real life true. at all. That's the
1: message we try to give. So we have yeah. to live by ourselves, don't we?
0: Oh, well, by God, I do. And Podcasting <laughs> has taught me that, Fiona. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I want to go back to, which I thought was really lovely, how and... This is something I speak about quite regularly is that anything that I learn, you know, that I'm interested in about sharing it, you know, with others. So you did that with your positive psychology and you brought it into your second class and started doing your little lessons. And again, for me, that is the power of knowing what works and what is going to help you and help somebody else. And it's not that you're thinking, oh, this is what I'm going to publish all these programs in years to come. It was something that happened organically, which is so beautiful. That, for me, is in the flow, Fiona. That, Mm -hmm. for me, is Mm -hmm. following your heart and following your passion where you can see the benefits of it. But what I love more than anything is the inspector coming in Mm -hmm. and saying, this is really good. Why don't you publish it? Because we need that encouragement and support from our peers, don't we, and from our community. Yes. Yes, and for somebody to look at you and say this is amazing look how it's benefiting your class Mm -hmm. and some of the other teachers are looking at it now Mm -hmm. and him looking at it and saying we don't have to stick to the same old way Mm -hmm. we can find something else to bring in that's going to add benefit I just think that's powerful it was lovely and just to
1: be affirmed like that you know because you can in in, in a classroom situation you're doing so much that nobody's really seeing it now parents were also very supportive and we're asking and we're coming up and asking what, what's going on here you know the children are coming home wanting to do mindfulness and talking about their negative thoughts and parents yeah. were, and again parents were so intrigued by it and one of the things about the program then was to write a parent guide and to make sure that parents knew exactly what their children were doing yeah. and that uh, that they could help them they could do the homework with them and that they could um, we, we we piloted then as well and we pushed it came back in the pilot the parents wanted to write a little note about what they were doing at home with their kids so that was lovely so you know to get that involvement too and um, was great so it really was a process you know really wow. collaborative and even the parents
0: process. are learning while their children are learning, that's yes. one of the things, again, as a parent, yes. you know, because people might think I'm down on parents when I said it's a controversial thing asking, you are parents responsible for their kids' usage on mm-hmm. phone? I believe we are, to a certain extent, I really do, where parents were supposed to be guiding them and trying to teach them what's Mm. appropriate, not appropriate, you know, and right and wrong, you know, all of those things. It's hard.
1: Nobody tells you how hard it is. I do say I do a lot of parenting talks. Mm. And, like, parents feel a lot of guilt a lot of the time, don't they? Do you find that?
0: I mean, there is
1: a pressure now. Parents feel that they have to fix everything for their kids. Mm. One of the first things I always say is, We don't have to fix everything we can't. Can we take that pressure off ourselves, please? And I think whatever about myself and yourself, our children are older, but for parents of younger children, they really feel that unless their children are happy all the time, and that there's a problem, you know? And I mean, even when I talk about positive psychology, it's not about being positive all the time. Yeah. It's about being as positive as we can, as often as we can, and also being able to deal with everything like Joe's ashes. Yeah. And children will get upset and they will have little ups and downs. Yeah. That doesn't mean you as a parent are doing anything wrong. You know, you have to take that pressure off.
0: But that's normal. It's normal, it's normal to it's have all of the emotions. Mind. It's exactly. normal. And one of the most normal things for children is to be bored. And then for them to use their imagination. Now it's just reaching for the phone or reaching for technology. And they're not allowing that creative process that went on for us, you know? And again, we didn't have, of course, the technology. We may have been using it the same as them. I do understand for parents of younger children, you know, I really do. But, and again, this is where I could be hounded, but sometimes they use it as an excuse as well. Like we would have maybe used it as an excuse like sometimes I remember my kids were younger and I just wanted them to sit down and watch television for an hour so course, I could have a break of course, of course. and there's nothing wrong with that yeah. you know as I said we said we talked about perfection there no such thing as
1: a perfect parenting yeah. we only have to be good enough I love that message we yeah. only ever have to be good enough yeah. and of course we're going to do that but I think again it's all about the balance yeah, it is. and I think when you just see it's just becoming too much it's encroaching too much mm. And when you talk Sharon about babies having it I've seen that as well um i mean the world health organization did come out i think last year and say that children under the age of two should not be on screens at all they did say that and i think then i'm not sure what the the guideline was for for older children you can check parents can check that out but i think it's one or two hours but like most kids are on for a lot longer than that every day to you know? sleep
0: with their phones yeah. they have their phones by their beds yes. using it. i got mine yes. old-fashioned alarm clocks and they burst out laughing they never they thought it was so funny to see right. this old-fashioned alarm clock and i used to say leave your phones out in the hall oh yeah. but you know if my phone and i'm going it's not your leg or your arm yeah, it's yeah, only it's a phone sure. But you were you know, prepared to do that and to draw those boundaries. And fights. There was and fights, fights about it. Fights. hard parenting, t- isn't it? Yeah, and then taking their... But again, also, and I know this is just me, but I realised that if I didn't do it then, I would suffer later or they yes, would suffer later. That's not true. So Friday used to be their treat time for a okay. treat and also for screen time or Xboxes right. when they were going to school yeah. and sometime over the weekend mm. if they weren't playing mm-hmm. sports. Mm -hmm. but now they're adults so it's not my it's not up to me to say you're on your phone too much or you're doing this you're doing that you're hoping like you said that they will find a balance
1: and at least you've given them the the great foundation there do
0: you know that that they well I might have but it could be a rocky foundation (laughs) Fiona
1: that's true (laughs) but um I love that ad did you ever see the ad for the it's for the healthy eating and the, the child wants the crisps and the mother's there oh go on you know go on give it yeah. to him you know you've had a long day yeah. uh, and then she says no you're not getting it and how and i love that because it just shows you like you do have to make those hard decisions and and you'd <laughs> you be the bad the good cop bad cop yeah. you, you have to do it sometimes yeah. and i think parents are reluctant to do it because they don't want to be upsetting their kids they don't want to be fighting with their kids and maybe if they're working long hours and they're a little bit stressed it's just easier isn't it to yeah. give in for the easy life but as I said you're setting yourself up then for for problems so you literally. were able to see that Sharon and realize long term this is not the right thing you know and yeah. to do that rather than letting it spiral
0: yeah and, and again a, as I said effect. you said it there it's very hard for parents I know I see young parents yeah. all the time and they're they are literally squabbling and arguing with their young kids and I'm kind of going but who's the parent you're the parent you know their children do not rule you but it's like you said there's nearly this guilt you know if parents are working and then like that they're all tired and it's like oh god I have to do so much when I get home so just give the kids the phone or the whatever it is And then, you know, but then they come and they'll say, my teenager is not talking to me because we never learned how to have those emotional conversations. And then it's the guilt because they didn't do it when they were younger. So again, as you said, you have to drop the guilt and only work with what you can right now. We can always open a conversation, Mm -hmm.
1: always.
0: Mm -hmm. But if there's a screen in the middle of us between me and my child, there isn't a conversation. One's not listening. And that that's goes true. for me as well as a parent if i have yes. my screen i leave yes. my son and say you're on your phone i'm yeah. answering a client i
1: know
0: i will be with you in a moment that's true you know but yeah. they want your attention straight they want away. your attention now. and
1: like you know i read somewhere that the, the, the rarest commodity now in, in the modern society is our attention you know attention we we're, we're it's, it's scattered it's divided mm-hmm. attention spans are, are dropping and yet for relationships what do we need it's attention it's undivided attention yeah you know and even to have five or ten minutes where you're with somebody with your child mm. and you're not on a screen they're not on a screen and you're actually having a proper chat yeah it's just gold dust you oh. know but we're losing those little moments mm. aren't we because if the phone pings what happens you look at it <laughs> my phone yeah. there i'm looking down at it yeah. uh, you know and it's just eroding as i said that attention mm. that undivided attention that's what children crave you know they want that undivided attention. not they don't need huge long periods of it. Yeah. But unfortunately a lot of them are not getting really it at all. And then parents say, oh, he's so attention seeking. And I love the um the phrase, if you replace that with connection seeking, isn't that lovely? Yeah. Not saying he's attention or she's attention seeking. Yeah. No, they're looking for connection.
0: They and want you know you. yourself. They want your attention. Want they want attention. to feel connected to you. Exactly. And if somehow her children feel safe. You know, it's like, and I know again, and you know, I'm not saying that I was ever a perfect parent because I wasn't. If you've read my story, you know I wasn't. And I certainly am not either. You know, and I'm still not, you know, even with adult yeah. children. But I remember, you know, when I was doing things and one of my small kids would be going, mammy, 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 mommy, And I said, I'm changing my name to Mary. <laughs> <laughs> but they just Hello. wanted my attention. But when yes. like that, I was too busy doing, making the dinner yes. or doing something else. Yes. Now I am very aware of, I should have just sat down, yeah, on the exactly. floor and five gave minutes. them that five minutes they yes, needed from me. Exactly. Instead exactly. of saying I'll be with you in a while, because yeah. then whatever they needed to tell you or connect yeah. you has yes. gone, it's and true. they've moved on to something else. It's true, Sharon, it's true.
1: It is the small things, the small moments. Yeah, and you know yourself as a parent as well. It's so often when you're collecting them from school, if you're in the car, they're yeah. in the back, they want to talk to you. It, it has to be child-led. You know, it's not when you decide people think oh I'll sit down now at five o'clock and have a chat the child is not interested the child will you know uh look yeah. for, look for that little sense of connection and we have to yeah. to give it um yes. you know when when they want it just for the five or ten minutes and yeah. that just gives them that sense of being valued you know and yeah. important we all want. which we all want you know yeah. so again the idea of time and attention is, is what is, is yeah. for relationships isn't it so important yeah. But it's Brilliant. kind of being eroded. I think it's common sense. Somebody said yeah. to me recently, "What you talk about is common sense," and I'm like, "Yes, it is common sense." But as that phrase goes, common sense is not that common. So um, we just sometimes need a reminder yeah. that we have slept, sleepwalked into this yeah. with technology, and we need to like get off autopilot, yeah. take more control over our lives. You know, I actually only recently started to um, in the evenings, if I'm watching net or Netflix or TV, to put the phone in another room
0: oh yeah i've done that yeah. for years Fiona. it's yes. just so
1: i feel i feel i feel like i should get a reward for that or something Isn't i'm leaving like, my phone in another
0: room
1: yeah. go, go but people me. say
0: that now people actually say it like it is a huge thing i did it because it never stopped pinging and ringing and yes. people looking for me and that yes. sense of oh i have to be available yes. and then as john said doctors aren't available 24 hours a day don't be ridiculous True. so i True. started leaving it in a different room and I don't think about it again until I walk out to that next room and then I can have a look and then forget about it again whereas young people are carrying it around with them constantly and it is like an extension of their arm or their hand and I understand that is harder for them and then parents to say you're always on your phone stop looking at your phone you know
1: and to have those little conversations and to have certain times during the day, it's screen-free screen free family time, whether it's it's dinner time, yeah. you know, whether it's just, uh, you know, before bed, whether it's when they come home, yeah. that this is designated screen-free time. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that, you know, yeah. that's, you have to kind of hold that line on some level, yeah. I think. Otherwise it just, as I said, it's there, it's like white noise in the back of your life all the time,
0: drawing your attention to it and, yeah. and pulling your attention away from yeah. other more important things, yeah. you know? Yeah. So again, even just, you know, like, I mean, that conversation, there's so many aspects to Uh it, but really what stands out for me and something that I would um, also, you know, kind of express quite a lot is. for me it's always about the connection you know for ourselves and to others Uh so if we're constantly looking into a screen and comparing Uh ourselves and looking what everyone else is doing we're not focusing in on ourselves Uh and we're adults so imagine how hard it is for a child or a teenager But also if I'm always looking, connecting with everybody online, I'm not connecting with the physical people in my family or my circle. And one of the really important things you said for young people, again, that stands out for me is you can be getting all of this connection online for young people and they're your friends, you know, hello. But they're not your physical friends that you can go for a walk with or pick up the phone and call or go to a disco with Mm. or you know, when you're having a hard time, say, you know, come for a chat and sit in my room like we used to do years ago, you know. know. Now, even though they will say, well, I can do it through FaceTime and Snapchat and I know where my friend is at and all of these things it's for it's not the same connection it's it's, su- it's much more superficial really yes and, i mean
1: it has its place it, no doubt it has and it's about having those conversations I, I was talking to a parent yesterday who was saying she didn't want her child to have a phone um she didn't say what age her child was now mm. but she didn't want to have her, her child have a phone at all because of uh the worry about bullying mm. that the child could be bullied through the phone mm. and I, I i said look you know what Really. We can't go out there into the world and, and fix it so that your child's never going to get, get bullied because it'll always be some other vehicle or some other way. Yeah. Unfortunately, there are bullies out there mm. and not allowing your child to have a phone, that's not a good enough reason. Mm. But um, you have to really build your child up so that they have they understand how to cope if they do get bullied, yeah. whether it's online or whether it's face-to-face or whatever. So I think like the bullying aspect of us definitely is, is an issue as well. But I think we do have to just teach our children you know teach them you know to empower them uh, how to use it in good ways how to make sure they're not going to get bullied what to do if they do get bullied and to make sure that it is having a a positive impact on them as much as possible and again that they're they are themselves are the experts that's what i would say to the children you're the experts on your own well-being you know what works for
0: you make sure and what
1: doesn't and if it doesn't just to have that awareness but to have those conversations early
0: yeah and i think again you know and this is going out to parents that are listening you know we learned our way and we have kids that are in their 20s and you may have kids that are younger and you're going to learn your way and i think it is the awareness because we weren't used to it we felt like it was a distraction you know but as you may have a younger parent you may be growing up with very young kids now and if for you it's just been normal but maybe If you could go back to seeing what real normality is for you and your connection for yourself and your child and that you have this connection without having a phone in the middle of your life constantly as fiona said the dinner time before bed is a brilliant time because your kids want snuggles they want to feel safe going to sleep and they're talking about you know silly things and making up stories there's the imagination comes into play and they're just feeling safe Mm -hmm. but if you send them to bed with a phone to watch something you know they have a disconnect from you of course of
1: course so it is just a matter of seeing what works and just being very proactive I think we always have to be very proactive with our well-being I think we're more aware now aren't we about in the last few years about our physical well-being we know uh, you know there's a lot about healthy eating and getting yeah. exercise but we also have to be aware of our emotional and mental well-being yeah. you know and think a little bit more about that yeah. and don't as i said sleepwalk into habits that are not going to be conducive to to to, to good mental health going forward you know so yeah. it is about being very aware and uh, very intentional and you know purposeful um, yeah. and what do we want what do we want for our kids do you know to be thinking yeah. about that so it is
0: parenting is just not easy (laughs) no it is not easy but I love the fact that you have set up these well-being programs you know in junior level and now in second level and for me it's like it's something that was so badly needed within our school systems and I love the fact that you were in the school system you were seeing what was needed and you went and you know not intentionally saying I'm going to publish these but you brought in what you had learned to show and then it became these beautiful programs that you are now you know how many schools are you in fiona or do you know
1: i'm not 100 sure because the publisher uh, is it does all the commercial side of us you know yeah. which is great but um i think we were up to about 80 percent of schools there recently for weaving wellbeing, which is the first one that was out yeah. so that gradually and the great thing is like it really grew very organically as well. That you know, schools liked it, teachers liked it, and it was word of mouth, yeah. which is the best way, isn't it, for it to spread. You best know, because it's a small enough. You know, it's an Irish publisher. It's like Box and um, based in Nice, so it's not one of the huge publishers. So, yeah. you know, um, it's great that we we we, we got that uh, kind of uh, yeah. traction, I suppose. Because, and again, teachers teachers do want to teach these things, but they're not one hundred percent sure how. Yeah. And that's why I thought, well, if I need to have these resources and develop them, I can give them to a teacher who then also wants to also wants to increase, you know, help their children to yeah. feel good and strong in their mind and bodies. How exactly do you do that? Here is actually, a, you know, a kind of teacher friendly resource for doing it. Yeah. So, very, very lucky that it took off the way it has. So I do pinch myself sometimes, yeah. but. No, I saw the need for it. And when I started to study positive psychology, I looked up to see was there much out there for kids. And there really wasn't, you know. And um, so I just said, right, well, I'll, I'll do it myself. So it was
0: it's my own little take on it, I suppose, oh, you know. I just think that's amazing. You know, I did an interview the other day with Shauna Moore, who was another guest um of my podcast a few weeks ago. And it was about the energetics of entrepreneurship. And I was laughing and I was going, I'm a spiritual entrepreneur. I was never called that. And I thought, isn't that a beautiful way to look at it? That you're bringing something that is helping mind, body and soul in their well-being. And you are an entrepreneur as you're you, Fiona, in creating (laughs) this business for yourself. And one time I thought entrepreneurs were like Richard Branson and people like that. Mm -hmm. But there is many people that are now creating businesses out of seeing the lack of something in our society and those people like you are making such a positive impact for our future generations (laughs) you know
1: i'm glad i didn't know what i didn't know When I set off, if you know what I mean, because I've no business. I, I, I think I enrolled for a business course, one of those local authority ones. Sure, I never had a chance to do it, um because I was too busy. And I probably made loads of mistakes. And you know, a friend of mine's doing it now, and she's telling me all the things, and I'm like, oh, didn't know that, or I didn't do it that way, but it's worked out yeah. the way I did it. So I kind of feel, you know what? <laughs> if it's not broke, don't fix it. No. But I like, I feel I'm an accidental. <laughs> a business person no i business think we locker. all are <laughs> finances i hate anything like that my yeah. husband's good on that on that area mm. but um isn't it great to feel that if you ha- if you're passionate enough about something that you'll find a way you know you don't have to have all the expertise in everything
0: you know just the passion um, for something that's what the it passion, is Fiona. The passion it's a something. passion for you yeah. wanting to help children and being a teacher having those expertise already and skills you had them and then learning more to add to it to help them even more and then creating the program and finding that brilliant publisher within Ireland to help you and you know do all the commercial side of it I mean do you not look and say this was all really meant to happen because everything flowed for you. It did
1: flow, I did. I'm meeting Connor as well. Connor Holmes from Outside the Box is very, very interested in the whole area as well. So it's not just a product for him. Yeah. So he's so like really, you know, very, very interested in, in promoting it, obviously. But um, I remember he said to me, I was like, OK, it's great. You know, the books are going to be published. And he said to me after a little bit of time, he said, now, Fiona, you're going to have to talk about it. You're going to have to probably go into schools. You're going to have to do a summer course and so on. And I said, no, no, I won't be doing that. I, was <laughs> like, I like them. That's one thing. But talk because like I, I'm just not a person who would be naturally um wanting that or that wouldn't have come naturally to me. And I remember when I did have to do the first time, of course, I was absolutely petrified yeah. uh, standing up, reading my script, thinking this is a nightmare. But again, out of your comfort zone, do you know, yeah. and, and it turned out I really liked it. Yeah. I after about two days of, you know, connecting. I know you do all your workshops, Sharon, as well. But I think it comes very naturally to you, but it d- doesn't to me.
0: I didn't. as no, For, Lord, me, it's, that's good for to me, Fiona, it was like you I was so nervous. But I believed in what I was doing and I wanted to connect to other people and help them. So for me, again, it came down to connection and passion, passion for what I wanted to do and to help others. So you're doing the exact same thing. And I think when you're doing that, it doesn't matter what it's called. Yeah, it's always going to flow.
1: And then you forget then, don't you? You think I'm worried now, what am I going to be saying? And then all of a sudden you're talking. You you don't stop talking. You're like, (laughs) okay, that happened. (laughs) How did that happen?
0: You know, you overthink
1: it so much, don't you? Yeah, but then I really I had actually, to actually to start to enjoy it yeah and like I was you know I was in my 50s before this happened do you know what I mean so I just love the idea that you just never know what kind of uh turn life's going to take if you're open and you get that encouragement or you get that push yeah. um you know like like the little bird come getting pushed out of the nest you yeah. know but you know with that phrase what if what if I fall what if you fly absolutely <laughs> so, what yeah, if I had fly. to I had to flap those wings mm.
0: And even when you said there about not having the business skills, you know, and your friend doing the course and you said, I never did that. Um, obviously you never needed it because you managed and you have very successful programs and it's yeah. in 80% of the schools you know and you're going out there giving webinars and yeah. talks to parents yes. and you know you're you're everywhere now Fiona yeah. every time I look yeah. at you I'm so the
1: oversaturated there
0: you know what? I'm so <laughs> I mean, proud to say I know Fiona <laughs> oh, I just think it's brilliant um, because you're providing such a valuable service yeah. it is an amazing service to our young people that are going to be the future generation yeah. and if you, people like you need to step in and have mm-hmm. stepped in and said mm-hmm. okay we've gone this far before it gets any worse let's to step in now try to try to prevent yes
1: but again i was so lucky the school community is really lovely you know and i'm yeah. still part of the school community and it's a very supportive community you know it's almost like a family yeah. um and i just got such um encouragement and support from from the get-go from the school community from schools that i worked in a few different schools mm-hmm. and you know know loads of teachers so there were was such great encouragement and even mm-hmm. some of the younger teachers in school told me to get on instagram and put yeah. me on Instagram they're like I have to get on an Instagram and I was like oh no I can't I, I can't be doing that now sure I love Instagram and I get so much out of it but again isn't that network of support of people who are there that believe uh, in you and, and believe in what you're doing help, yeah I mean it's just so rewarding to it yeah. uh, and then to feel that you're doing something uh, making it, I do miss working with the kids that's the only yeah. thing uh, used to get a lot out of that obviously because I was in yeah. special needs before I left Yeah. so I was working with children with the high levels of anxiety and yeah. they're just such a joy to work with you know to, to try and, and help and to to dig deep with them so I don't get to do that now I do it on a bigger platform but yeah. still the 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 satisfaction and the fulfillment of that is a second to none you know yeah. but again you outgrow things as well don't you you have to kind of move and Go, move to your to, to a different platform and be open as as you yeah, know yourself Sharon you're yeah. you're in
0: the exact same path yeah so isn't you're it learning wonderful learning as you trust go. yeah do trust learning as you um mm. learn I think we learn we're constantly learning mm. and even through you now and seeing you know that you developed like you were co-author with the weaving well being mm-hmm. and then coming out with your junior program and now here you are launching this second level program I mean it it does develop and I know that from that you'll develop more and you'll help other teachers and parents so they'll have the skills to help their children because as we know we can't help everybody as big and all as you may want to get in your programs going out there there's still aspects of society that will be missed and we can find ways to reach those little Mm -hmm. gaps you know and people that don't have the support of somebody like you, Fiona, you know, for them because I just think it is absolutely amazing. I think it's I would have yeah. loved this when I was at school. Yeah. And that's what makes me so passionate about it. Yeah, yeah. Even the work like that I do. Yes. And you do, I just say Oh, it's what I would have wanted when I was much yeah. younger.
1: And you know what I would have too. So yeah. I was a very shy qu- child and you know, kind of nervous and overthinking and yeah. we never did anything about like that in school at all. Yeah. There was nothing about um mental health or emotional health. Yeah. So I suppose probably, no, you do get into things, uh you know, because it's an interest for yourself as well, yeah. you know. So I thought it would have been lo- lovely to have known that. I, I came across it late enough in life, but it's yeah. never too late, I suppose. And you
0: came uh, at the right time. I always say it's right divine time. order, Fiona. It's true, Sharon. It is true, you know. It I've been looking
1: true. for some, you know, I've been kind of thinking, well, I do a master's in something. Yeah. And, um, when I came across that one I was like oh my god it took me long enough to find it but it was the exact right time and it was the exact right topic and you know what 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 it has bloomed into is again and I sometimes think you know there's a lot about goal setting and all that but I sometimes think if you're too fixated on goals Mm -hmm. you don't even leave enough opportunity for just life to flow and I love the idea of I you love know, that. You I said that the other night <laughs> right. I, I love it though because it's, it's 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 just you can kind of just relax into the process and I love the idea of let go of the outcomes I'm like yeah. I'll write the program whatever happens happens and as my husband said to me do you know what if one school takes that on and one child mm-hmm. I benefits from it isn't that enough yeah and I actually said you know what it is enough it is you know I obviously want more than that as well Yeah,
0: but look how many children in schools have benefited from it Fiona if anybody wants to find out more about it Say there's a teacher out there that's listening today and once goes, oh my God, I need that in my school. How can they contact you, Fiona? Uh, well, my email is Fiona.foreman at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. And I'm also on social media,
1: Fiona Foreman Wellbeing. That is, it's funny, again, that has really is my main platform now, Instagram, which I didn't think it would, but there you go. It was just got to show you once you're kind of open to suggestions. So Fiona Foreman Wellbeing. And all my books are published by outside the box learning resources so uh, that's otb.ie so the three programs are there now it started with weaving well-being and now it's welcome to well-being and wired for well-being <laughs>
0: Brilliant.
1: so the three of them are there now and
0: lovely yeah
1: i'm just you know it's taken it's been a labor of love now it is a slog yeah. you know yourself you've written yeah. books as well mm. and when you're doing it you're tearing your hair out a part of oh, it yeah. but then the time comes when it's done and you're like wow how, where did that come from i do actually sometimes say where did that come from yeah to you know um did i like that where did i get that idea because it's not it's only when you sit down i don't know if you find that Sharon that the ideas sometimes flow to you you don't necessarily have them in advance no so once you sit down and and start doing it it does tend to flow and of course i do a lot of mindfulness and that really
0: helps my creativity if i do a little bit of that first yeah and i get lots of ideas you know so i'm very very lucky i'm excited to see where you are going to um develop another program (laughs) Well, I'm writing writing a parenting book now. Perfect. I was going to ask you, have you thought about doing anything for parents?
1: Uh, Well, I felt that again, and that's not something again that I would have thought of. Mm. But as I talked to teachers and I was going into schools, some principal said, look, would you talk to the parents as well? Mm. And again, not something I would have thought of. I remember the first time a teacher said that to me, principal, I said, I haven't, but I will. Yeah. <laughs> so I put together a little talk on, on resilience. And, oh, my God, there's such a huge demand for that. Mm. And um, so I'm just making that into a book, expanding it. Because I think whatever about teachers, parents are actually the ones that really want... uh the poor. To yeah. ask any parent what they want for their children, they do want them to be happy and to be resilient and mm. to to be able to flourish and thrive. And there's a science there. So, yeah. you know, I'm going to... <laughs> put it together when, it, when I, I, I am about halfway through wow. so um just getting the time to, to do it now you know but yes,
0: I just I feel when the happening. parents have
1: it when the parents have it I feel wow. Well, yes yeah. they're the ones that have the most impact you know and, yeah. and then if we, they can work uh with the school it, it's just to give the children that, that level of support from as early mm. as possible
0: Fiona, you're just a powerhouse. You oh, are amazing. You really fan are. Fan. You know, you left <laughs> um, no there, you know, 30 years of teaching and then decide to start this. And it's just growing from strength to strength. And you're still writing and still creating and still helping so many. I just think that is so beautiful. And it just, for, you know, it's going to flow. It's all going to work because you're coming from such a lovely place. So I'm so oh, grateful to have met you in person,
1: and again the 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 mindfulness retreat I did with you was last September. Wasn't it? Mm. And oh, I just felt I really felt I went on to a different level after that. It was just very healing and very it was just so peaceful, and I was able to to release, you know. Mm different things and i just felt after that it really gave me a lovely fresh start and i was finishing off the 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 second level program i was a bit overwhelmed at that time Mm. and i still do get quite overwhelmed you know because i have so many ideas i'm trying to get it all out there yeah but something like that a reminder to, to come back and to yeah. get back centered and to, to tune into the flow was exactly what I needed at the time so Aww. I'm delighted to have, have come across you and your and your amazing work Sharon too. So.
0: thank you Fiona as I said it's lovely um, I'm so grateful for your time I'm so grateful that you're out in the world sharing all of this it's just amazing and I know when people listen to this it will resonate with so many of them And you know that again for me it's not feeling bad about what you didn't do, but maybe what you can do now. And for parents, I really, as Fiona said, I know how hard it is for you. Please don't feel guilty because you weren't the best parent up to this moment, because none of us were. We're learning as we go as well. Mm -hmm. But again, sometimes we have to have the awareness to change something that we've done before and do it better ourselves and for our children so i think that's what fiona is trying to help with for children and now doing the parenting book i think that will be parents need it and they want support and they are reaching out for it and asking for that help and sometimes they can't receive it they're not getting it that's true and i find that
1: when i do give them a few little ideas they just they're very simple ideas that maybe they you know again might be a bit of common sense that people might have just forgotten along the way yeah. and to remind them about the the, the 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 important things the small things we all just need that reminder oh we so, do um, yeah. and every bit of reassurance as well you know yeah. that, we're doing the best that we can doing the best that we can with, with we the awareness
0: have. at the time so, and exactly. when we know better we do better yeah, so fiona you are certainly doing a lot better and you are helping Thank so many you. people so i am so grateful thank you for your time thank for you for sharing, Love sharing your lovely work with us and um i know that this podcast will help many out there when they hear your beautiful voice so thank oh, you again thank you so much Aaron. you're welcome so thank you everyone for listening as fiona said you can check her out on instagram fiona forman underscore well also on otb.ie all the programs are there and you can find her on linkedin and facebook and twitter yes, <laughs> you're on enough. all the social media I'm everywhere Sarah. you're everywhere now and isn't it fabulous <laughs> so and if you want to contact fiona directly you can dm her on instagram as well and you know maybe she'll be able to direct you to whatever is best for you so again i want to thank everybody for listening i'm always so grateful for the response i get after each of my podcasts and as you know every so often i'll slip in a little guided meditation that it will just bring you to a place of peace and calm and connection as myself and fiona spoke about the most important thing is connecting to yourself listening to what you need in that moment and what you can do to help yourself come to a place and we again we mentioned it balance we can't be always positive but finding a balance somewhere in that moment or in that day. Do what you can for today. Tomorrow will look after itself. Just focus on you today. So love to you all. Stay well and I'll chat to you all soon.